1: welcome to the screen the screener college basketball
0: podcast with your hosts mike randall and gus kearns welcome and listeners welcome to the screen the screener college basketball podcast NBA Draft 2002 edition. Thank you for choosing us to keep you company on Thursday, which is a draft day. Like, Mike, I'm pretty excited about this. You could have spent your time with anybody else, but you chose to be here with Mike and Gus, so we appreciate that. Mike, we go way back in the draft, so I'm kind of excited just to kind of kick it a little old school here and talk about what some of our beliefs are and then, you know, where we might find some some movers and shakers, risers and fallers.
1: Way back in the draft, guys, let me tell you, Gus and I have known each other. God, I want to say so. It's seven to 12, 13, probably 30, 30 plus years. No, you're
0: going to date 30. us here a little bit, is what you're I don't do. freaking care.
1: I don't freaking care. <laughs> 30 plus years, guys. We used to, he used to come to my house. It was somebody's hit at his house and we would make a board and write the numbers in. And of course my favorite one of all time Gus was 93 with Weber and Hardaway. I mean, that was just right, Saturday, right, right. Um, but we love it. It's great. I can't wait. I've been diving into the numbers for God knows how long hmm. I'm lighting Twitter on fire because I think Johnny Davis will go top 10. So I'm ready to go. I can't <laughs> wait. And I want to hear your thoughts because we've been texting. Yeah. Of course we haven't sat down and talk about it. So right. many great things. Let's dive into it.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. let I think the first place that we need to start is definitely with the top three. There seems to be a consensus top three for the NBA draft this particular season, 2022 edition. Uh, Mike, I think that it's going to go Jabari, Chet, and then Paolo. And I know there's been some movement with Paolo, maybe fluctuating and getting some some juice, for lack of a better word, at number one or number two. Uh, where where do you kind of see things, and where do you might maybe where do you see value?
1: Yeah, I, I just think you have to decide if if you want to do this. When people ask, I believe in trying to predict what's going to happen. A lot of people give you right. their own opinion. Sam Vecini's wonderful. He gives he gave a, a pod the other day he said this is what we think should happen. I'm going to give you what I think will happen. Now I've been on record about Chet Holmgren. I think Chet Holmgren is going to have a very long career in the NBA. Yep. I think he's going to be a multi-time all-star. I just wouldn't pick him at number one. I actually have him Gus at number two. So I don't think like I'm dropping him that far. The <laughs> Chet apologists. I'm a bashing Chet. I'm number two overall in the draft. My attitude really quick and then give me a top three. Mm-hmm. I have I have said Jabari no matter what. I did bet it. I bet it on DraftKings. It was plus 100 about six weeks ago. I am on Jabari. My argument is this. He is 6'10". He is 220. He played in the SEC. He led the SEC champion Auburn Tigers in scoring and three-point percentage. Good motor. Second on the team in rebounding, seven and a half rebounds uh, per game. He was at plus 100. It dropped to minus 275, which means you got to wager 275 bucks to win 100. It started going the other direction. Now it's back again over minus 200. I don't know what it is. I think, us. it's because he's not charismatic. I think they want like a – remember Baker Mayfield with the – he's not that guy. But I'll tell you this. He played on Auburn. He dominated on Auburn. He's eight. He's super young. Nineteen years, one month. What's not to like? I have him first.
0: I would agree. I think it would be hard to pass up the uh, cross section of athleticism, shooting, size, age. You mentioned. I think all of those things point to him being a very valuable commodity at the number one pick. I think the thing that maybe stands out with him the most is the combination of the length and the accurate shooting. You could make an argument in this draft, he's a top-three shooter. Normally, we would reserve that for a wing player, maybe even a point guard. We're talking about your small forward or your power forward here. So if you're going to get the best shooter in the draft who's also 6'10 and has shown that he can move around the floor and is willing to effort on the defensive end, and guard multiple positions. I'm not saying he's excellent at it, but he's willing to effort. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in with that. That sounds okay.
1: And I'd like to thank you, buddy, for not ripping me apart because a lot of people have made Jabari Smith comparable. Jonathan Isaac, who I was technically uh, very against. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm good. reversing course. But thank you for passing on that. My number two is Chet Holmgren. Uh, Oklahoma City has been very tight-lipped about uh, – As always. As always about what they're going to do. Yep. Listen, I think there is a very logical reason to take – Holmgren won. I see what people see, which is he the upside. I get it. I get the whole thing. I don't think he's Durant. Some people have said he can develop and that. I don't see that. But hmm. I have no problem if you think he can put on weight, get stronger, and obviously he has guard skill. I, I get it. I just don't understand why he has upside and the kid who is 18 years old for most of the year leading Auburn scoring and rebounding doesn't. I don't know why, why Smith is at his ceiling and Chet isn't. But I think Chet's going too. I don't think they're taking Paolo number two. I think Paolo's going to the Rockets. I've had questions about Paolo. I loved him in Game Run. I texted you and our friend from the Bucks talking mm. about how great he was, and then I, I just didn't see him. I a little bit, you know, let the game come to me. But Paolo Benkerlo is six ten. He can. He, he's outside. He can handle. I get it. They got rid of Christian Wood, so certainly that makes total sense. I think Chet's number two to Oklahoma City. He fits the youth movement, 20 years, one month, defense, the whole thing, 39% three-point range, fine. And I have Boncaro three. What do you think?
0: Uh, I would agree completely with both of those. I think Chet Holmgren fits the OKC profile as unique talent that maybe they would feel like they needed to dig up, like they usually would do, like let's just throw up Josh Giddy out there. But Chet, they have the two picks, so why not go with the most unique talent? And that's definitely Chet Holmgren. And you mentioned Paolo. Paolo might be, you know, the most game ready of the three of them. Like you could see him coming in and being on a starting lineup, maybe a little quicker than the first two. But like you mentioned, long term. And you asked the question, Mike, of why do people think that you know Jabari has hit the ceiling and why Chet has still has potential? That just goes back to the weight issue. That's why that 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 questioning or. That verbiage is thrown around with those two players, especially in the same conversation. So, I mean, if you come in rail thin, like you know, like Chet has, so did Giannis. Like Giannis came in rail no, thin too, and that's, got that's got fair. that's fair, and got I, his, you know, got hit, got pushed around, and got lessons taught to him early. So, is Chet ready to take that type of, you know, education where he's going to get pushed around? I think he, I think he is.
1: I just think you can go on social media and get anything you want. Now we're, now people are holding Jabari Smith's size again. So because he's built, now he doesn't have upside. Right, you know? right, right. And, and, and I, I'm i a little lower in Chet than you, but I'm not passing on Chet Holmgren with the second pick. I, I think he is a very solid piece of a winning team in the NBA. I think he's a future all-star. So no argument here. I'm fine with it. But Carol, by the way, a couple nuggets for you. Refuse to work out for the Magic twice. I mean, that that doesn't make I mean, so you could steam all you want, guys. Like, why would the magic want him if he refuses to work out for them twice? Right now, Gus, I'm on DraftKings. Jabari- that that,
0: by the way, that, that's a hollow power move right there.
1: Right, power move. That's great. Yeah. And you're, you're yeah. not going first. Uh, you know, so, oh, you didn't work out for us. We want you more. It just doesn't work. Here you go, Gus. Right now, DraftKings updated tonight. Jabari Smith's now minus 450 to go first. And I, I don't. As we get closer, things do leak. He's minus 450. Right. Um, Boncaro is plus 380. Boncaro was down to plus 200. So there was some steam going, but he's. Yeah,
0: I I noticed that earlier in the week. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now it's plus 380. Chet Holmgren's at plus 550. But for the number two pick, us, Chet Holmgren minus 330. Yeah. Uh, And then Boncaro's plus 350. And then Boncaro for the third pick is minus 400. So it certainly seems like that's the way it's going to go.
0: And just, you know, this is one of my favorite parts of, of the draft is to just do like some, some simple comps. We won't go super deep here, but if you're going to compare Jabari to somebody, you might just look into like the Magic's past. And it might be like a Rashad Lewis type player, oh, nice. maybe Great. a little bit more skilled. Uh, nice. Chet, I, I like the comparison with Brandon Ingram. Slight. Multi-skilled, had to find his way. That's good. Maybe the second team that he's on, if Oklahoma City like sours on him, that's where he blossoms. And then with Palo, uh, maybe Tobias Harris with a couple of more inches and a little well, better
1: shooter. You're good at this. This is good.
0: All right. So the, the, those are those are the top three uh, comps uh, that, that we have out there. What do you want? What do you want to hit on next here, Mike?
1: Well, let's go next to uh let's let's just go to four or five real quick, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so if the Kings keep this pick at four. I, I, I'm, I'm just giggling because I think the Kings will do something silly. <laughs> right. Kings being Kings, right? Right, right, right. If the Kings keep it, I, I don't know why I believe this. I mean it comes down to what your gut says. Right. I do think they're going to take Keegan Murray. I, I believe they took him at the dinner. Um, now they didn't work out Jade Ivey, but that doesn't matter because they didn't work David Mitchell out either. So I'm not going by that, but I kind of buy that because he's a bigger player. He could guard fours. His defense was better than people realized. He was ranked number seven overall in the Big Ten in defense. I know he gambles for steals. A lot of times you saw him going for steals and he's gotten beat back door. I get that. But he's not a horrific defender, particularly in the post. At least the numbers have graded out. I was really impressed with the scoring in Iowa. We saw some big games by him. Took a huge leap. If someone trades up to four, they're trading up for Ivy. They're not trading up for Keegan Murray. So if the the only way I hit on the Keegan Murray number four, which I have a little slice of right now, right. is if the Kings pick the ki- pick keep the pick and do the King stuff. Right now, Gus, fourth, fourth overall pick, DraftKings, Jaden Ivy, minus 175. Keegan Murray plus 145. So a little closer. It, but- it's worth a it's worth a look,
0: but I I I mean yeah. if you're uh, if it, it depends on where you are with Ivy too, like if you think Ivy is as dynamic as Deer and Fox or, or John Morant, then you definitely yes. go there. Yep. And if, to be honest, like do we think that Keegan is going to be like that much better than
1: Harrison Barnes is as a pro? Gus, John Morant doesn't lose to St. Peters. I, I watched that game mm. and, and Jaden – lo- listen. Does anybody love Jaden Ivey more than me? I don't no, <laughs> right. know. But he's not Ja Morant. Mm. The turnovers are a major issue. The three-point uh, yeah. shooting, he's not consi- – and, and he, he does do some odd things. Like Ja got in the flow of the game. I would take him fourth. But if the Kings keep the pick, I think they're taking Keegan Murray. Just my opinion. Interesting. All
0: right, and then uh, with five, I mean, what, what what did you have a little take there that you you were interested in?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of hits coming in on Matherin going five. It's mm. a th- it's a thing. There's a lot of right. steam coming to and say Detroit likes him. Right now, there is no there is no no one at negative money, uh, fifth overall. Keegan Murray's plus one thirty. Matherin's plus two hundred. So there's no fit. There's no real favorite in that. So if you want to get a bet in, guys, maybe look for a little Matherin plus plus two hundred, the fifth overall pick, because there's a lot of talk about it. I don't know if it's true, but there's talk about
0: it. I, I have thoughts that we'll get to a little bit later on the fifth. Okay, pick. great. Yeah. Uh,
1: uh, let's do risers and fallers. Okay, okay. I'm down. Uh, first faller, Jalen Duran. I got him over ten and a half, minus one fourteen on FanDuel. I don't know why he's a top ten guy. He's always been mocked there. Why? Right. I know he's a big guy. I know he's young. I get that. Duran 12 and 8 per game in the AC. And then you have Mark Williams, six foot 10, 250, played fantastic in the tournament and did really well at the workouts. They talked about his shooting. He interviewed well. I'm not saying Mark Williams going ahead of Jalen Duran. I'm saying the difference between them, Gus, is less than people think, which is why I think Durin's falling. Just my opinion. What do you think? I
0: t- I totally agree. I think that those two can be a coin flip. the, the The one thing with Durin that I think you can can jump on is I'm very in on the over as well. Like maybe he is like obtaining some BAM likeness, but I I really don't think so. The only spot that I can see him going inside the top 10 is nine at the Spurs. Spurs, And we've seen how they like, you know, they value really versatile wing-ish players. And yes, like. You know the NBA guessing sensation Jakob Purtle is going to be like a free agent next summer, so I maybe they're double downing on that and just making sure they have coverage. But they they also excel the Spurs. This is at really picking the pile for the free agent leftovers. Just look at Zach Collins, Cade uh, Bates, Diop, and our old friend Jacques Landell from St. Mary's. And if we use the past few years of of any gauge with the Spurs, they're going to swing big. And they're going to pick a player that they're going to fit into their profile. Just look at Josh Primo, Devin Vassell. Again, very over on Duran. I think 12 makes sense. You know, maybe they want to muscle up with with Chet. Charlotte makes sense with one of their picks. And the Spurs might even, like, just wait and get him at 20. So I feel very strong about the over
1: here. Yeah, they have what? They have 29, 20, and 25? Yep. Right? So are we sure – that Durin is worth nine when you can get Walker Kessler later, and and I'm only saying that because if they like Sohan, if there's another player is what I'm saying that they like. Mm-hmm. I don't right. know, and you've taught me this because remember I was on Vernon Carey, Vernon carry anywhere right, right now. Right. Like the big men are phasing out, so if is, if if they can't guard in space, if they can't guard in space and right. shoot and do basically what Holmgren can do, but like <laughs> right. if if so hands there and everyone really loves him because he's so versatile in defense, Mm. I'd say pass on Duran. Maybe we get lucky with Mark Williams. And even if we don't just get Walker Kessler, just my thought. I don't think Duran is worth the flag. I don't, I I don't think he's, this isn't Shaq and he was okay. I know he's young. There's a lot of young guys in this draft. So I think he's a faller. I got him over 10 and a half. I think you're taking that to the bank. It could be San Antonio. You're right. Um, But when they take my guy, Ochaibaji, there's that's not going to happen. Okay. i, I very bold, I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, Riser Gus, uh, Sohan. Yeah. Got him under 12.5, minus 170 on DK. I don't care about the juice because if I think I'm right, I'll lay the juice. I'm not going to lay minus 400. I'm not going to sure, bet $400 sure, to 100, but minus 170 is fine for me. He's rising fast across the board. His overrunner was 14.5 early. That's gone multi-dimensionally guard every position can't score. Okay. Under 30% from three 58% from the free throw line. Uh, but sort of a crazy guy, sort of a Rodman esque type of guy, great fit, great defender. I could see him. Charlotte. I could see the Knicks. I could see under 12 and a half. What do you think?
0: I'm very under here. Like I, I think that, okay, here's how under I am. I feel like this could be like the surprise. Yes. We saw the Bulls kind of surprise everybody last year with Patrick Williams at number four. Good. Good. The reason that they took Patrick Williams at number four is because everybody in the East needs a forward, at mm-hmm. least approaching some sort of resistance against Giannis and then even against Brown and Tatum. And, you know, we're not even mentioning like Jimmy Butler, Bam, and, and pa- Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. Sohan is the guy that can provide that resistance inside this draft. Yep. 6'9", 230, 7-foot wingspan, athletic. Plus, Sohan has not followed the traditional path of, like, the one-and-done college player slash G League frosh. He comes from across the pond. He plays for the Polish national team. And Detroit, at five, needs somebody to slow down some of these high-octane forwards. And Indiana's roster screams for somebody like Sohan. He could go five or six. Look, I know Isaiah Jackson's defensive numbers last last season might have been a little bit of demonic behavior where it looked good, but was it really useful? I, I I don't know. I think we want to see that in some sort of winning basketball setting. So I think that if we're going to find a shocker somewhere, it might be Sohan at five or six because of the needs of teams in the East.
1: Excellent point. But Wait a minute, I understand Patrick Williams was picked so that you mean like if players aren't mocked correctly, they can get picked crazily, I, like, like Johnny Davis at nine. Okay, uh, moving on. <laughs> I, I was hoping I would give you a window for this yeah, conversation. Exactly. Go for it, jump sorry. right through. Well, where I will, to. I'm gonna stick to the script because I always go off script on you. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, another riser, Gus. I got two more riser and a faller. Riser mm. Usmane Diang over mm. under 11 and a half. the unders minus 125, the overs minus is minus 105. So it's kind of we don't know. The 11 and a half That's kind of Vegas saying. I'm not sure. It's almost a coin flip, right? One of the biggest risers from pre-draft. I think the Thunder continue the youth movement with them and, and grab him. He's impressed with the Australian NBL NBL uh, league. High octane guy, six foot ten, really long. Put him with Shea. Put him with Giddy. Put him. Uh, put him with Holmgren. Plenty of time to develop. People like him. They like him a lot and. He went from plus four fifty in the top ten to plus one twenty five. So he really projects Gus right on that ten spot there, around there. Uh, he's risen a lot. I don't know if he's risen enough for you to like the eleven and a half, but he has risen.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go slightly over here. He could show up for the Spurs at nine, or maybe even for the Pel's at eight. I just have a feeling like Jordan and the Hornets are going to try to make a big run, uh, go for a big, you know, Ma- Mark Williams or Durin like we mentioned earlier, and then one versatile athletic defensive wing who can run with ball and bridges. Diang fits that exactly. So I'll go over here with a little worry about the Spurs and the, and the Pelicans because they also value those types of players. Um, so I, I'm kind of with Vegas here, but I, Unless he goes at nine or eight, I, I think he. I think that over is a
1: decent pick. Yeah. little little movement on DeAng right now. Under 11.5 is minus 135. The over, you can get plus money. So you can actually get plus money. Not a huge difference, but okay. a little bit of movement towards the under. But again, you have to name a team, which is the hard part, like you just said. Right. Last one for me, who I think is going to be a faller, is A.J. Griffin of mm. Duke. Over, under is 10.5. The over is now minus 265. Okay, the under two plus 210. So they give you two to one money. If you think Griffin's going in the top 10, I don't. There are injury concerns. There's an injury history. He's a shooter. I get it. There's too many guys in this draft. That you're taking a pure shooter. That's it. I have not seen him create off the dribble. I've seen him been scalding hot. I think he's a superior shooter. May win the three-point contest. That's great. I don't think that's the type of player you take top 10. So I'm hitting the over here at 10.5 minus 265. I don't care. I think he is one of the fallers. This is a guy who is always Gus in the top 10 no longer. I think I'm going to disagree with you here because I think there
0: was a time where I personally had in my head that Griffin might be a better NBA player slash prospect than Paolo. Um, you know, just to go full disclosure on the podcast here, he still might end up being that player. Think like Gary Trent, Buddy Heel, Desmond Bain. Like Those, are Those are all good. Shooter.
1: Very good. Excellent. Yeah,
0: right. Like he he kind of fits that uh, a physical profile and shooting profile. But I'm gonna say the top ten is a little too rich for my blood, so I like the over here. Minnesota at 19 is perfect.
1: Oh, so we're aligned. We're both aligned.
0: Yeah, no, both, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I'm I'm admitting my weakness because earlier on, I think I could have put slot him a little bit higher. Oh, I got um, it. I got it. I, I think that just now, like currently, like 2002, June twenty, June 23rd, 2022 he's not the player that he's going to be. So he'll get drafted where of the player he'll get drafted in the position that the player that he is now, he just might end up being a great shooter in the league. And I think if he heals up and, and finds his old athletic self, he'll end up being a plus NBA starter, like fifth or fourth starter. I still go over for the process of the conversation. How about that?
1: Yeah. They, you know what, they changed this on DraftKings now. now. So the 10 and a half is gone. You can't oh. get a 10 and a half on, maybe on bet 365. So yes, 10 and a half had high juice at minus 265. Mm. Now it's eleven and a half. and a half. So now they've even, that is a killer. When right. they bump it up yeah. a pick, that's a killer because they're now saying, we're not giving you 10 and a half. You got to go eleven and a half, and a half and it's minus 140. So you're still a favorite to go over. I think he's dropping. I just think he's too one-dimensional. I go, why would you take him over Sohan? I know need. I get it. But do you really need a shooter that much? There aren't other shooters in this draft. He is a great one. I'm not arguing that. I just think it's a lot of high draft capital. That's all. That's all I got, man. My last thing I'll say, and then we'll get to some other ones I want to get your question, your answer on. Yeah. I just think John Davis is good. And I I, I, I got him. I, I put him in, in the chat. I put him at, at minus 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. And I took it and then I put it in at um, minus nine and a half. I, I, nine and a half I grabbed. Under nine and a half plus 210 at Caesars. And what I said was Davis is not getting enough love from the general public because of the Wisconsin rep. I saw the 37 and 14 against Purdue. I saw the 30 and 12 against Indiana. Mm-hmm. I saw those games. He's a big-time player. This kid can score. He is a good defender. He has a high motor. He has a stocky build. I like it. I think the kid's good. I got him at uh, nine and a half. That's, that's two to one. It's a little frisky. Okay, I get that. And I also grabbed him at under 10 and a half at minus 122 on FanDuel. Right now, if you go to DraftKings for Johnny Davis under Gus right now, Mr. Davis over nine and a half. See, they dropped it. So they got rid of the 10. They're saying we know he's going 10. Over nine and a half is minus 260. Under nine and a half is plus 200. So they have now moved it. From the 10, you can't get the 10 anymore, which makes it seem, Gus, that they expect him to go Washington at number 10.
0: Well, I I think this is where you have to pay attention to, like, what we talked about earlier with the Sohan conversation of, like, what teams are picking where. And I am total agreement with you. Johnny Davis is good. Like, that just might be the name of the podcast. And here's another question I have for you and for the listeners out there Do you think if he ended the season healthy, we would even be having this conversation of him being like 10, 11, 12?
1: No. Not at, no. All. Not at all. And Gus, do, do people realize he won the Big Ten Player of the Year, which was impressive? And he right. won the Jerry West Award for best shooting guard. Now you're yeah. gonna you're gonna poo-poo me and say, Oh, he won the Jerry West Award, Mike. Who cares? Who cares What the mock drafts have him? And and I I think I think I'm a lock for 10 and a half. I mean, so I'm getting money back either way. And I think some I think I think San Antonio could reach. They could get Sohan. I, I understand that, but I think it's within the of possibility. What I'd love to hear, I heard this tonight, is Portland Gus is looking to trade the number seven pick for yep. uh, for OG Ananobi to Toronto. Ooh. Okay. And then give me him to Toronto. No? I
0: don't know. I think that sounds okay.
1: Uh, so anyway, that's where I'm at. Uh, and,
0: and listen, if we're going to break down Johnny Davis's game, number one, he can create in space. We've seen that. Number two, the guy competes. Like he took that matchup. You mentioned you highlighted that matchup with Purdue and Jaden Ivey being on the other side. He took that matchup and being like, you know, Jaden, Jaden Ivey's on all these highlight films and is getting these sports center clips and, and, and all this, all this praise. I'm going to show you that I should have my name in that conversation as well. So the fact that he like is cognizant of that. And then, you know, we've talked about earlier on the podcast during, uh, you know, during conference uh, tournament season, and even during March Madness, where Jaden Ivey wasn't playing winning basketball, he
1: was not. That's correct. He
0: was playing basketball to look like a first round draft. That
1: is my issue. That's why I cooled on him. I And you would think that's my type of guy, but that's why I cooled on him. I didn't like him. Um,
0: and yeah, and Johnny Davis like balled out and played hurt the second half of the season. Yep. So I, I like his makeup. I like his grit. And also, when healthy, you saw the first half of the season, he can play with anybody in the nation, including anybody in this draft.
1: Sounds good, brother. And you got let's, uh, let's hit it with some who gets drafted first?
0: Yeah, so uh, these, these I just wanna, I want to I hit you up with because you know these are some of our darlings from the college basketball season, and hopefully names that we'll hear uh, you know during the draft uh, later on this evening. Mike. Who gets drafted first and who would you draft first? So there might be the same answer. It might be two different answers. All right, Mike, who gets drafted first, Patrick Baldwin or
1: Caleb Houston? Caleb Houston, and I take Patrick Baldwin. Caleb Houston has been been rumored to be a a top – a first-round pick, top 30 pick. Hmm. There's a huge disconnect, I think, between what the fans think of him and what the scouts do. He declined an invite to the NBA combine because he believes he's already a first-round pick, Caleb Houston. Okay. He was 38.4% uh, from the floor, 35% from three-point range. Very me- mediocre, Santa. That's what he was. But he has upside. He looks smooth. He looks Doug Christie. He looks like the type of player. I would take Baldwin. I'll, I have no problem with Baldwin coming from Milwaukee. Maybe they a, a little bit underachieved, a lot of potential. But everywhere I've seen, Houston is going top 30, and that does stick with the arrogant NBA scout saying, we can fix this guy. What do you think? I would go, I
0: think Houston will go first, and I'm with you. I would go Baldwin first. All right, Mike, who gets drafted first? EJ Liddell or Dalen Terry? And then who would you draft first?
1: Uh Dalen Terry's on fire right now. Yep. He's 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 going through the roof. His odds are flying up the draft board here. I would take Liddell. I'm praying Liddell goes to the Bucks for obvious reasons. But right now, if you made me guess, I think it's Terry. Terry is flying up draft boards. People love him, his versatility, quality guard. Um, people talking about going to the Grizzlies uh, because Dias Jones could hit free agency. Uh, he's one of those great guards off the bench. I think Terry's going first. I love Liddell. I think Liddell's underrated. I hope he goes to Milwaukee. But if I had a bad, I'd bet Terry.
0: I think Terry might tickle some end of the lottery type things in the team's. Yeah. I'm with you too, and I think it depends on your team need. If you wanted to win now, I would take Liddell. If you had a little bit of time and a little bit of space for growth, go Terry. All right, Mike. Who gets drafted first?
1: Ron Harper Jr. or David Roddy? And oh my who god! Would you draft first? Oh my god! I mean, I, I I don't I don't think I can't think logically about Colorado State players, so I have to step out <laughs> of this. I think that they will uh, they will drop Roddy. Down in the draft, similar to how they detract Holmgren. I think they do get into this body type thing. Yep. You know, Roddy is, is looks like a power forward and he's not. Um, I think they'll go with Harper. Harper had some big shots. He's been a little bit better in terms of how he's been showcased as a guard than Roddy. Roddy, you play inside for Colorado State, is pretty much their only big for most of the year. My heart's with Roddy, but my head says Harper goes first. Uh, I would agree. I, I think that Roddy is
0: somebody's going to take a chance on him. He That'd be great. He'd ball. be great.
1: I put him in the mock for fantasy pros. I put him in the Spurs, just because I would love him to go to the Spurs. But yeah, that, that that sounds like a good fit. Uh, all right, Mike. Who
0: gets drafted first, Ty Ty Washington or Malachi Branham? And who would you draft first?
1: Yeah, I think Ty Ty is wa- is dropping. Uh, I I would take Branham, and I think Branham will go first. I have Branham going at sixteen to the Hawks. Six foot five is a buck eighty. Uh, really nice three level score. I know there's injury concerns. But he was 50% from the field, 41% from three-point range, and really good ball-handling skills. Nice wingspan as well for defense. Uh, I think Branham uh, has huge upside, like top 10 upside. I think he goes in the middle of the teens. And I think Ty-Ty is starting to drop because people just really didn't get to see him because he was sharing time at the point guard position. So Branham to me could be a starter. Ty-Ty to me is probably a backup. I'm going to go Branham both ways.
0: Okay. I think that Branham will get drafted first. I would take Ty-Ty Washington. The reason I would go tie tie is because we've seen the success with these Kentucky guards, uh, whether it be in New York, whether it be in Philly, like those guys come and they make an impact, even though their draft position says maybe they shouldn't have that type of impact. All right. Last one, Mike, who gets drafted first? Who would you draft first? Ryan Rollins or Trevor Keels?
1: Little, little program, giant program. Wow. That is a great question. Damn, I'm gonna say Rollins because I was not impressed with Keels. I thought Keels was looked good at times, and then he was sort of in and out. And maybe that's the Duke thing because he's he wasn't as involved. He took a, a pack seat to Bunkero. I'll take Ryan Rollins for the versatility, for everything you talked about, being the tall wing that can do multiple things. I just didn't see it from Keels. And I don't know if Keels is a he's he, he can attack the basket but can he attack the basket well enough to that to be his thing in the NBA? He can shoot a little bit, but he can't shoot it well. I think Rollins is a better fit. I like Rollins better, and I think Rollins will go first, although you're probably going to tell me I'm wrong about that. Uh, No, I think
0: that Rollins might go first too simply because of the shooting numbers, and I think it all depends on what type of physicality Trevor Keels brought into each one of those workouts. Was he – you know, we talked about the body type thing with with David Roddy and Chet Holmgren that also might fall into play with Trevor Keels as well. Like he's going to be quick enough to guard on the perimeter where he's going to be stationed. So I like Rollins a little bit more than Keels as well, even though Keels does have like that big play knack mentality. All right, Mike, <laughs> I am glad we played who gets drafted first and who would you draft first? Uh, and then, Mike, how about uh, you want to want to hit up with a couple of sleepers, uh, you know, guys that we really like from the the college basketball season that you kind of have your eye on that could provide value for certain teams?
1: Yeah. Fire away, brother. Go ahead.
0: All right. So I, I think the, the the first place we need to go is a place that we've watched uh, pretty much more than anybody. And we have to go out to the Mountain West. Um, I don't know if anybody else besides the Screen to Screener podcast watches. like m- m- Nobody watches more. People may watch as much, but I don't know if anybody watches more Mountain West. And one of the guys out there is Orlando Robinson from Fresno State. Total NBA player, has NBA size, shoots at 35% from three. He can pass it. He can handle a little bit. The question is going to be the defense. He's like a uh, – I'm not a Starbucks guy, but is he like a
1: Trenti-sized
0: George Niang?
1: Wow. Wow. Bente, you mean Venti. Venti-sized George. That, that's got to be the name of the podcast. <laughs> I, mean, I, I know he's second round, but that you are so good at these comps, man. I swear to God. That is tremendous. Rhea, uh,
0: I, I, so I, I know that you, you've seen him a ton, too. And, and Is it Trenta?
1: We, is Trenta a size of Starbucks? Maybe you're right.
0: I, listen, I asked my daughters, and I said, is there one bigger than Vente? And it's Trenta. I didn't even it know. It might that. be Trenta. But but again, I'm not a Starbucks guy. I'm more of like a Java love guy. So like that, that I don't know. That's yeah. uh, it's neither I, here nor
1: there. Orlando Robinson was super impressive with that Fresno State team, which really had yeah. nothing around him. They played very slow. His numbers could have been better in a fast-paced situation. Correct. He can step out and shoot it. He's excellent. I agree with you on he's getting picked in the second round, and I'm mad I didn't put him in my mock now at Fantasy Pros as I'm looking at it. I love Orlando Robinson. I think it's an yeah. excellent, excellent call on a sleeper. Home run pick. Uh, sleeper number two, how about Jordan
0: Hall? Yep. St. Joe's uh, six-seven wing. He shoots at over 36% from three as a soft. He averaged almost seven boards, almost six dimes a game. That put him 11th nationally for assist per game. He can play make, he can handle, but he plays at his own speed. So you might think like, hmm, he doesn't look quote unquote athletic. But I mean, I think we just think like Kyle Anderson here and we see how impactful Kyle Anderson has been in his NBA career and most recently with the Grizz.
1: Yep, it's a great call. We... Ended up being on St. Joe's. Had a chance to talk to their assistant coach prior to the season. Yep. He's very high on Jordan Hall. The comparison to Kyle Anderson is stupid good. It's stupid good. <laughs> it's just such a great call. I didn't think of it. Six, seven wings that can shoot it, that are long, that have the wingspan, are always going to get a flyer in the second round. Quintessential second round pick. Excellent call.
0: Absolutely. And then my last guy is big program, Wendell Moore, Duke. He does too many things too well. After seeing, like, you know, Bruce Brown from the Nets, Grant Williams from the Celtics, uh, your guy, Lou Dort, OKC, uh, Jason Tate from from the Rockets, who all, like, quote-unquote, play out of position and still find success individually stat-wise and also success for their teams, Moore is exactly that type of player. Somebody who's going to make winning plays, he's selfless, he can play anywhere on the floor, he's more, you know, aposomatic he really holds some true nba bite with his game and makes winning plays i think he could show up in the late first round if not somebody's going to get a gem in the second round with wendell moore
1: yeah wendell moore strikes me as the type of guy who can blossom who is held back by the duke system that's i, I think he is more upside than trevor keels i think he is more versatile and has not been allowed to flourish as great people. comparison. Yeah. An excellent call. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that excites me greatly is I've never heard nor used the word apathomatic, so that's just tremendous. So great job by you. Uh, but yes, yeah, must- uh, that is that is a great. I, I agree. I mean, I sound like an idiot here, but I agree with everything you just said. I mean, your comps are are great. Love doing um, the comps. Uh, the one guy that I'll throw at you that yeah. I really like that I'm 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 rooting for. I'm gonna I'm gonna say both. First of all, I think Nikola jo- Jovic is gaining steam. Now he is mocked in the last, the latest one by Wasserman in the second round. Okay, I think he's a first round player. I think he's a versatile player. I'd love to see him at Memphis where he can develop. The kid is talented. He is absolutely talented. He needs to play more defense. I understand that. So I'm I'm rooting for him. But the two that jump out to me, number one, I think Jalen Williams from Santa Clara and we saw him a little bit. Oh yeah. Little under the radar. He is a rapid riser. He is, he is right now. I'm not seeing him outside the top 20 in every single mock. They love Jalen Williams. They love them. Santa Clara. Definitely the type of Josh Primo bones, Highland guy that just sort of rose coming out of the combine. And the other player that I liked, same name, different team Gus. I think Jalen Williams showed us a lot against Gonzaga. Yeah. I know he's a center, he's a back to the basket player, he's not a great dribbler, I get it. But can he do what Isaiah Roby does? You know what I mean? That type of of like player on a on a team. And I think he has upside. And I just was very impressed how he stayed out of foul trouble and he was very controlled against Gonzaga. Not a first round player, but a guy that I'm rooting for to see get picked in the early second round.
0: I, I'll hit on I I, lo- I love both of these these highlights that you picked out. Number one We'll go Jalen Williams for Santa Clara. Obviously, we watched him a ton uh, watching the West Coast Conference. The, the, the guy can do everything, has legit NBA size on the wing, and has shown up and played big against Gonzaga, the number one team in the nation. So I'm totally in on him somewhere in the first round. You said in the teens. I think that could make sense. He's another guy that makes sense for the Spurs at 20. Uh, that, like it, if you're in that neighborhood, if the, if he falls to the bucks that I'm down with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know who I think, uh, um, uh, Jalen Williams from Arkansas reminds me of, I think he reminds me of Blake Griffin, like today, right now.
1: Oh, that's good. Oh, like
0: okay. he's going to take some charges. Yeah. He's going to shoot some threes.
1: If Blake's going to make some good passes, if Blake Griffin actually played inside the, the three-point line, uh, with, every time we see him against the Bucks, he's out in the corner. But sorry, <laughs> he, he is uh, got jumped yeah. over Kia, and now he doesn't go in the paint. But okay, well, yeah, that's why I said Blake Griffin now in <laughs> yeah, right, right. Right, yeah,
0: So I think I think he could be. I think he could have an impact in those fashion, the similar fashion that uh, you know Blake Griffin does now for the Nets. Um, and we saw how much trust that the coaching staff had in a player like that, who they know is going to effort defensively and know all the rotations. And that's you know. He showed that he has a, a very high game IQ, and you met, you you referenced that Ganzaga game, and that, that's the perfect um, uh, sample size and, and thumbnail sketch for him to sh- highlight that, that game IQ that he does own.
1: Before we wrap it up, I just want to do a rapid fire for you, brother. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Is this player going to be a first-round selection or not? Just looking for a yes or no. Okay. Because okay? there's some that are right in the bubble. Justin Lewis of Marquette. No. Christian Brown of Kansas.
0: No, but I think he's going to be a good NBA player.
1: Max Christie, Michigan State? No shot. Okay, thank you. How about your boy Nemhard,
0: No, but he's going to go to a, a winning program and help them as a backup guard because he runs one of the slickest pick and rolls and is NBA ready in that fashion.
1: Kennedy Chandler, Tennessee?
0: <sighs> I'm going to say yes, he is. Um, I think the size, if he's six four, yeah. we're talking to him at the late end of the lottery.
1: It's gonna break your heart on this one, brother. You know where I think he's going? I think Monte Morris get a little old in Denver. I've seen that and it made sense to me. I know Monte okay. is one of okay. your guys and he's All been right. so good, but I can see them saying, Here comes Murray, here comes Porter. Chandler could be a much cheaper version of Monte, although I think Monte's underrated, but I read that and it kind of went off in my head.
0: That teaming does make sense. And yeah. I like making that. I like make, doing exactly what you did too, like finding the program and the player that actually makes sense of like, okay, that he'll fit in that culture or he'll fit in that system. And that totally makes sense.
1: Yeah. I seen him and Ty Ty going to Denver. So uh, kind of on the point guard thing. Yeah. Anyway, that was great, man. Let's wrap uh, up.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. Listeners. Thank you so much. Thanks for letting us keep you company during uh, the, the NBA draft day and evening. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy it in whatever fashion you plan to. Hope a couple of familiar names come up, and uh, they go to places that you can continue watching their, you know, their their professional careers grow. Uh, and and thank you for uh, tuning back into the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. And uh, this is where you know, where Mike and I's knowledge kind of like meld and, and, and men together. And, you know, we take a look at the NBA game and see what players have been paying attention to all season and what spots and holes and jigsaw places they can, they can fill in. So uh, thank you for letting us, uh, you know, educate you. And hopefully uh, today, maybe one of the things that we talked about, like you'll act on or, or maybe even just sound like, uh, you know, sound in, intuitive and, and smart in your uh, NBA draft conversation. So we're happy to help in that fashion as well.
1: Two flag plants, brother. Jabari, Chet, Paolo, in mm. that order. Number two, if Johnny Davis hits at nine or lower, <laughs> just block me right now. <laughs> God, I, I want Sohan in the top ten as well, so that's where I'm planting my flag as <laughs> that's well. That's good, good,
0: All right, okay. listeners, uh, cilantro. God's a lot to you. Cheers. Be safe. I'm to the appetite.